Good morning, Friendship Church. Good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. We are in week number two of 10 for life. Uh, 10 for life. We as a church body, we are learning the scriptures. We are going to memorize God's word, hide it deep, deep, deep in our hearts so we might not sin against God. And so um, if they were to come and take our Bibles away from us, we were no, no longer able to read the word. What are 10 verses that we could learn and memorize to keep our walk with the Lord going straight? Uh, on the straight and narrow. Um, so looking at the whole Bible, we are looking at 10 verses. Uh, last week, we heard the, uh, the, the voice of Jesus from Matthew chapter 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So we are to seek God first. That's right. We seek God first. All of these things will be added to us, the things that we um, sometimes We'll, we'll worry about or get anxious about. Um, when we seek Him first, God will take care of us. How many of you have found that in your life? Yeah. Amen? All right. Today, we are going to the Old Testament, and we are looking at the book of Psalm, chapter 19, verse 14. How many of you memorized your verse this week? Raise your hand. If you don't see someone raising their hand, like flick them on the back of the ear or something, I don't know. <clears throat> Unless they're a guest, maybe they didn't know they were supposed to memorize. I don't know. Okay, so maybe maybe don't flick them on the ear. Okay, uh, yeah, we are learning these Bible verses, and uh, this is week number two. And so uh, we didn't say we didn't do it last week. Let's say the verse together, shall we? All right. Let the words of my mouth and uh, wait. Stop! 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 No, don't put it up there. That's cheating. Uche, come on. You can't let them cheat like that, okay? <laughs> All right, let's start over. Here we go. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, Psalm 19, dot, dot, 14. All right, very good. Don't forget the dot, dots, Okay. 1914. I remember that because the Assemblies of God was born in 1914. That's how I remember that, so in case you wanted to know. All right, so that's our verse for today. Um, I had to include a psalm. Um, I needed to include something from David. You know, we only have 10 verses, you know, and so to, to narrow it down, man, 10 verses. So I'm looking at David, and David is just a huge figure in the Bible, a huge figure in Israel, a huge figure in life, in the world, okay? Everybody knows who David is. If you're a non-Christian, you have heard David and Goliath, okay? You've heard that phrase before, at least, and uh, possibly you could even tell some of the story there, okay? So, so everybody knows about, I say everybody knows about David. Many, 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 many people know about David, and uh, the things that he had to say um, have stood the test of time, obviously, as he's got this big book of Psalm that is in um, the Bible. First Samuel and Second Samuel um, uh, are a lot to him. Uh, Jesus is in the lineage of David, so there's a lot going on here. So only 10 things um, that we're going to read about. Personal prayer has to be one of those. If we're going to stay um, on our walk with the Lord, we need to be connected to God in prayer. Amen. Let's try that again. We need to be connected to God in prayer. Amen? Amen. We need to pray. 
Uh, we need to get alone with the Lord and pray and read his word and get connected to the, to the Lord. In fact, I, I don't know that you learn God at church. You experience God. You receive from God. You feel God's presence. You can see God. You can even hear the word of God. But you learn God through personal prayer. Getting in that prayer closet and talking to the Lord, having him talk back to you through the word of the Lord. That's when you learn who God is. Uh, how many of you, you you've, you've seen somebody here at the church and you, okay, yeah, I've seen them, they've, they've sung on the platform before or, or they've taken up the offering from me. You see them, maybe you've had some chit chat with them and, and, and you kind of, you don't really know them, but, but you see them and you hear them, whatever. But then have you, recently maybe, sat down and talked with that other person, and then you go, oh, I didn't know that you did this for a hobby. I do that too. Or I didn't know that you were in the medical field. So am I, whatever. You get to know someone when you sit down and you talk with them, don't you? And as you get to know someone, they get to know you, and you, and you say, okay, this is someone that I want to spend, spend time with. Do you want to know God? Then sit down and pray with him. Or you can walk around. I'll walk around a little bit, okay? But the, but the point is to get in a space and talk to the Lord. Have that connection with him. Do you want to know the heart of God? The proper response to God's work of spiritual salvation in our lives is a constant and consistent prayer that will keep our heart, words, and lives pleasing to him and free from sin. That should be our response to the Lord. Because what God has done for us, we need to stay connected to him uh, during prayer. So we look at our verse. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable to your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. This is, this is sort of... Um, kind of in place of all the prayer verses that we see throughout the Bible. Uh, and there was many of them that I, that I looked. We, I thought about having us learn the Lord's Prayer. But that's Matthew chapter 6. We were already in Matthew chapter 6 last week. So I'm trying to spread it out a little bit. But the Lord's Prayer is a great um, uh, couple of verses, Matthew 6, 6 to 9, to memorize as well. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right? Many other verses that we can look at to prayer. I looked at this one for a couple of reasons. I like how it says, let the words of my mouth, so the, so the things that I say, not just to other people, but to God, I want them to be acceptable in your sight. The things that I say. If we want to say things that please the Lord, then we need a heart that is turned toward the Lord. And how do we turn our hearts to the Lord but through prayer? Out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. So the things that are in your heart, those are going to be the things that are going to come out. Okay? The, the things that you let your eyes see, they get it in garbage in, garbage out. Okay? So the things that you allow in, that's going to come out from a spiritual standpoint. That's just what happens. And so when your heart is turned toward the Lord, then the things that you say are going to be things that are of the heart of, the, heart of God. Right? And so how else are we going to find out God's heart but to spend time with him in prayer? Then it says, Met and let the meditation of my heart. And that's more than even just prayer. Because you can, yes, it is possible to, to pray while you're driving down the road or in the shower or whatever. You're, you're just kind of talking to the Lord, God, help me with this. I got this meeting coming up. Or God, you know, bless my children, you know, whatever. You can kind of say a few, a few things like that. 
But then there's this meditation, this idea where you stop and you turn the TV off and you've got your Bible or maybe a devotional or something, and you spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, just you and the Lord meditating on what the Word of God says. We need that. Listen, church, your soul needs that. You are more than just a physical person. Your physical person, yes, needs physical food. Your spiritual person needs spiritual food as well. We need to get in the Word of God, and you are more than just physical. You are spiritual, and prayer does so much good for your soul. So much good for your soul. So when we meditate on the Lord, maybe you sit down and your intention is to read five chapters of the Bible and you don't get five verses and you have to stop and just meditate. Lord, you just spoke to me right there on the fifth verse. And you meditate and you think about it. God, help me do this. I know I'm supposed to read more, but I'm stuck on this right now. That's fine. Let the Lord speak to you through the word of God and pray and meditate. We don't sit down, God, here's what I need, this, this, and this. Thank you, Lord, and you walk away. There is a meditation that comes of, let me just sit here in the presence of the Lord and see if the Lord wants to speak to me, whether through the Word, through some, the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Absolutely, this meditation, it is huge. I find that the more you spend with someone the more you take on their personality. Have you noticed that? When you are, um, maybe you're a, a shy person or an introvert, why is it that those people always marry extroverts? Have you noticed that? Okay. So I don't know if you want to figure out who's the introvert or the extrovert in your marriage. I don't know. You know. Maybe both of you are extroverts, and that's fun. Okay. Um, but we find, or I find, that if, if, like, the introvert people, if they, if they spend time with, with an extrovert or someone who is talkative and loud, it, it pulls a little bit of that out in them, doesn't it? They begin to talk just a little bit, and then you get home exhausted from talking all night, you know, because you're not used to talking that much. When, when you spend time with other people that have a different personality, and you, sometimes they pull that personality out of you or, or their personality out in you, which, which obviously for younger people, teenagers, that's why, okay, we look at who we are hanging out with because you are going to take on some personality traits of other people. Uh, so depending on who you hang out with, watch over who you hang out with. But do you want to take on, do you want to have the heart of the Lord? Well, how do you do that? I'll let you think about that for a second. Do you want to take on the personality of God? Then what do you do? Like, like some of this is easy, right? Then we spend time with the Lord. You look at your life and, oh, I want to be more Christ-like. Look at your prayer life. Look at your Bible reading. If it's not where it needs to be, that's, then that's where we go. That's the first thing that we have to do. I want to take on God's personality. That's what David did. David, uh, of all the people in the Bible, and listen, a lot of people talk about prayer. Paul and Isaiah and Moses and a lot of people talk about prayer. David was very unique because he was a shepherd boy, as, as many of you know. And so his job was to take this group of sheep, let's walk over here and let you eat grass for a couple of days, and I'll spend time with the Lord for 19 hours, okay? And I'll play the harp and I'll write a song and I'll write a prayer and all this, okay? And then we get up and we walk over here and, uh, you know, and we settle here and let y'all eat some grass and I'll sit here for 19 hours a day and spend time with the Lord. 
Some of you may say, I don't have 19 hours to spend with the Lord, and that's fine. But can we spend more time with the Lord? Because David understood this so much. David understood that spending time with God, even when he was anointed king, Samuel comes, he anoints him king, right? It's not your brother, this brother, this brother, it's you. He doesn't go from there to the throne room, does he? Where does he go? All right, well, you're anointed king. Well, the sheep still need to be fed, so get out there and feed the sheep. He went out to be a shepherd boy again, okay? I think it's so interesting that David learned how to be a king not by spending time with earthly kings, but he, he learned how to be a king by being alone in the presence of the king. That's how he became a king. Is I'm not, I'm not going to follow the example of all these others and even the example of, of Saul, I want to follow the example of the king. And so he spent so much time in prayer. I want the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock, my rock and my redeemer. I'm going to talk more about rock in just a second. But he calls him out two things, rock and a redeemer. He knows early on who is his redeemer. And a redeemer is just like anything. You turn, you, you turn in a, a coupon that you don't want to redeem something that you do want at the store. We're going to turn in our sins that we don't want and redeem them for a relationship with God the Father and salvation. He is our redeemer. That's what that means. We give him what we don't, what we don't want. He gives us relationship with God and salvation. We want, a, we want Christ to be our redeemer. Amen? And so we look at David and he knows this and he hears this. And he, and he knows what's going on. He knows who God is, and he knows who he is. And so he writes verses like this, Psalm chapter 5. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. I don't pray to anybody else. I pray to you, God. Psalm 102. The children of your servants will live in your presence. Do you want to be a child of God, a servant of God? Then we have to live in his presence Psalm 140, surely the righteous will praise your name and the upright will live in your presence. David knows and understands there is something about the presence of the Lord. And those who are righteous, we're going to praise his name. If we're going to be upright, we're going to live in his presence. Psalm 42, I'm sure you've heard this. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with my God? See, physically, we need water. We need food from time to time. Spiritually, we need God. We need God. And just as a deer is looking around, trying to find a stream, and he finds it, and he runs over, and he takes a drink, we... Pant for the Lord. That's what he's saying. He, we're just a, we, we cannot wait to get in the presence of the Lord because our soul needs that presence. Needs that presence of the Lord. Psalm 61, I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. He knows that spending time in the presence of the Lord is protection. It's a refuge from other things. He knows this. Psalm 100, this is one of the ones that was in the tent for a little while just to pull back the curtain just a little bit. It was there for a little while, then I went with this one. But this is a, such a great verse. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and praise his name. For the Lord is 
good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. When we come into the presence of the Lord, how can we not come without thanksgiving? Saying thank you to everything that you have done for us and knowing that your love is good and it endures forever. And his faithfulness, not just way back when, 2,000 years ago, but faithfulness to generation, to generation, to our generation, and the next generation, and the next generation. It goes on and on. Even outside of Psalm, 2 Samuel chapter 22. And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when, he, when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the land, hand of Saul. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Has the Lord been that for you? Has the Lord been your rock? Has he been your fortress? Has he been your deliverer? Then you, then you can, you're there right there with David. He says, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from all my enemies. David knows who he's talking to. David knows who he's talking to, and he's going to give him the appropriate amount of, of his time to be in his presence. Do we give our time to be in his presence? And if we don't, do we really know who God is? Do we really know who God is? Because David knew who he was, and he says, I will take refuge. You are my rock. You are all of these things. What does a rock provide? So when we look at a rock, when David calls him his rock, he's not talking about just a rock that you can just kind of pick up and skip down the lake, okay? He's not talking about that kind of rock. He's talking about, in Israel, there's, there's these huge, kind of almost mountains, these rocks that are there that, that they would build cities on top of. There were caves that you could get, uh, that you could hide in there, that you could take refuge in these caves. These, think of a huge rock. That's what he's talking about, okay? That you are my rock, an unmovable rock. What does a rock provide? What does God provide? Shade from the sun, which points to a comforting God. Protection from the enemy, which points to a defending God. Refuge from the elements, which points to safety. Water from the rock at Horeb. Remember when he did that? Moses struck the rock and the the water came out and it provided water for all of the Israelites, a million and a half people, whatever it was. He is our provider, a source. God is our source. He doesn't just have resources for us. He is our source. Whatever you need, you go to him. Anything you need, you go to him. He is solid. He is constant. He is trustworthy. Have you found that out to be about the Lord? He is a landmark for us. Many times, especially in the Old Testament, something amazing would happen and they would build an altar to the Lord there. And they would make that altar out of stone. And it was to remind them of the good things that God had done for them in the past. So anytime that they would come up with an obstacle, oh boy, how am I going to get through this? They were able to look back and say, God was, here, was, was there with me here, he was there with me here, and here. Do you have landmarks in your mind, in your brain, that you can look back and say, God was here with me there? God was here with me there? Do you have any of those? I bet, I bet if we lined everybody up and just, and just asked a simple question, when has God done something for you? Open mic night. You guys would walk up, and we'd be here until late into the fourth quarter of the game tonight, surely, okay? Maybe even until tomorrow, because God has been there for us, hasn't he? Hasn't he? But that's why. Why do we think of him as a rock? 
Because we remember those times. It's not like we, we, we walk in and we have an obstacle and we have a problem and this is the first time ever in our history that we've had a problem. It's not the first time ever that God has helped us. God brings back the, to remembrance. When, remember when you were in high school and you dealt with this. Was I there with you then? I'll be there with you now. Remember when you lost your first job and you wondered what was going on and now you're feeling those same feelings there. Was I there for you then? I'll be there for you now. Whatever the situation is, we, we can look back. And listen, Israel's history is our history. It's people who follow the Lord. We look back, 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 10, Paul is reminding the Corinthians of their past in a good way, where God has been there for you. 1 Corinthians 10, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them. All of them walked through the sea on dry ground, in the cloud and in the sea. All of them were baptized as followers of Moses. See, we can look back to the scriptures as well, just as Paul's reminding them. Don't you remember when God led you by a cloud by day and a fire by night? Can you think of a time where God led you through a certain situation that you didn't know where to go? Let me look some of you in the eyes. You know what I'm talking about? That God led you through a situation. He was there for you. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. And Paul is reminding the Corinthians this. This is why he is our rock. He's not moving. He's, no one can move him. He's, he's been there for you before. Then verse 3. All of them, talking about his ancestors, their ancestors, our ancestors, all of them ate the, spiritual, the same spiritual food. All of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock. Paul is reminding them, don't you remember in our past how God has helped us? Don't you remember when he, from a rock, everybody was able to drink? For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Everything in the Old Testament is, is this foreshadowing to when Christ steps onto the scene. So this, this cloud by day, this rock, that's, that's, it points straight to Jesus. Jesus is that rock is what Paul's saying. We can look back and we know what Christ has done for us. Amen? Because of that, because of that, we have to stay connected, connected to our God. We can't let, we really can't let a day go by, but we certainly can't let a week go by and not be connected to our God in prayer. We can't. We can't, we can't go through this life and not stay connected to him. Remember how he was there for you in the past. He will be there for you in the future. All right, let's look at very quickly some some practical. Okay, what, what do I do here? Okay. I'm wanting to, to to pray and have that connection with the Lord. My soul needs it. I want it. Listen, there's thousands of books, thousands of blogs, videos on YouTube that can help you on, on prayer. Okay, so I, I'm not gonna go through all of those things right there. Um, there are many ways that, you know, here's what you can pray and how long you can pray and read this many verses or whatever. You can read through the Bible in a year. You can read through just the New Testament in a year. There's so many different ways to, to do this, and, and, and you can find that. One thing that I do would, would say to you is to set a time that you can pray and keep that meeting time. 
do you meet with clients? And if the client says we're going to meet at 3 o'clock, do you just, well, I'll just whenever I want to meet with them. You meet them at 3 o'clock, don't you? Have a meeting time with the Lord and meet then. Now, I'm going to say something that's, that's true. It is a true statement, but I'm not sure how helpful it has been to us in our life when it comes to deep prayer, like devotion-type prayer, okay? It's a true statement that because God is everywhere, that we can pray anytime, anywhere, right? And I'm thankful for that. I can pray in the car. I can pray wherever, okay? I think that that has done something to our brain when it comes to meditation-type prayer, devotion-type prayer, that what happens is, is that anytime becomes no time. Because it's just, well, I can just do it anytime, okay? All right, I'm going to give you a, a weird analogy, <laughs> okay? And this may not work with some of you, <laughs> okay? But this works with me. So for some of you, if, 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 if this works for you, um, then it's going to change your life the way that it changed my life, okay? So, and for some of you, it won't work, and that's fine. We'll just move on. <laughs> but this, this works for me, okay? All right, you know uh, the restaurant down the street here at Niners, all right? Everybody in the room knows Niners. Niners is great. Food is good. The, the, uh, it's affordable, right? It's just right down the road from me, so I can go anytime I want to for lunch or wherever. I can go anytime. If I was to ask any of you, would you like to go to Niners? Probably all of you would say, yeah, sounds great, right? We can go anytime. It's down the road from my house. I could go eat to Niners pretty much anytime I wanted to. Ask me how often I go to Niners. Zero. I never go to Niners. <laughs> I never go. And it's not because I don't like it. It's not because I think it's not affordable. I, I just, I feel like because I can go anytime, I'll just go next time. You know? Like list a couple of places you want to go eat. Niners is always on that list. And I go, well, I can go there anytime. I'll just go, okay? But you know the places I like to go eat, which, by the way, I, sorry that all my analogies are food analogies. <laughs> I apologize. Um, like, I want to go, if I'm going to go to Papacitos or Gringos or somewhere like that, I have to drive to it. There's, there's not one right here. I drive to it. But I'll tell Becky, hey, let's go to Gringos on Friday. All right, we're doing it. We make a meeting, and guess where we go eat on Friday? We go to Gringos. Because we, we made that a priority, and we went. It was, like, harder to get there. It's more expensive. We had to drive there, traffic, everything else. It's crazy. <laughs> In a similar way, I feel like because we can pray anytime... We never get around to doing it. We, we don't do it. Tell me if this has happened to you. You wake up in the morning and you're going to pray. You're going to have your morning devotions that morning, but you hit the snooze alarm twice, okay? You couldn't quite find what you wanted to wear. Breakfast took longer. Okay, okay, let me sit down and have my, oh, what time is it? Okay, I got to get to work. Well, it's okay. I can pray tonight, right? Because you can pray anytime. So then you go to work, and you come home, and you, and you eat, fix dinner, and you got to wrestle with the kids, and we had this problem, whatever, and okay, I'll just watch one TV show, and that turns into five TV shows, and then you're like, okay, well, it's time to go to bed, let me do my, oh, I forgot my devotions, oh my goodness, okay, well, it's okay, I can do it tomorrow, because I can do it anytime, and you see how you keep pushing it off, and pushing it off, and pushing it off, anytime becomes no time, however, if you were to say, my, morning, my, my devotions are 7 o'clock a.m., and that's, I, I wake up early, and that's when I do it, or 9.30 p.m., or because Saturdays are different than Thursdays, then I have it at 3 o'clock, whatever it is, if you make a plan 
You make that plan, and that's when you have your devotion time, and you spend time with the Lord. Now, on the other end, some of you will be like, well, I don't want to do that because then that will become too ritualistic. Okay? All right. For those who don't pray very much, okay, let's not worry about praying too much on this end, okay? <laughs> let's, let's, let's get started with praying right now, okay? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? All right? But if I start praying, it'll become ritualistic and I'll be doing it all the time. That's not a problem, okay? If you're not praying at all right now, okay? What you, <laughs> what you don't want is your salvation hinges on the fact that you pray at 7 o'clock. Like, how do you know that you're saved? Well, because I pray at 7 o'clock a.m. That's not why you pray, okay? I'm saved, and so I want to spend time with the Lord, so I pray at 7 o'clock. You see what I'm saying? Okay? So if, if you want to be a bodybuilder, you don't say, well, I don't want to go to the gym because then it will become ritualistic to me, okay? No. You find out what you want to do, and then you take the steps to do that action. What, what does it take? I want to be closer to the Lord. So that means I need to shun this or this, whether it's, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, a good thing. That has to leave my life because I want to start doing this. I want to spend time with the Lord. Does that make sense? Prayer is the language of the poor in spirit. Remember when uh, the Beatitudes, Jesus was talking about this? He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of God. What does that mean? That doesn't even sound very good. The poor in spirit, uh, that means that they are, uh, spiritu- they are not spiritually sufficient on their own. I'm poor in spirit. I need to connect to God's spirit to make it the rest of the day. The self-sufficient or the apathetic don't pray. They don't need to or want to. But because I am not self-sufficient, I am poor in spirit. I am poor in spirit. I can't make it. So I reach out and I connect with God. If you don't believe me, only plug your phone up tonight and that's it this week. And just hope that the power lasts all week. Is it going to last all week? Or do you plug it up every single night? You plug it up every single night. Why? Because you want power the next day. It's the same thing. We can't come to church on Sunday. Preachers have been preaching this for 2,000 years. We can't come to church on Sunday and have the spiritual power to last all week. We have to pray. We have to stay connected with the Lord. I am not saying anything new right now. I am stealing from every preacher who has come before me. (laughs) Connect with the Lord. Connect with God. Prayerless men. And women are like ship captains without a compass. They make their best guess at which direction to go, but they have no assurance they are headed the right way. No assurance whatsoever. For those of you who are going deeper, some of you are like, I I have a pretty good prayer time. I'm poor in spirit, but I have a pretty good prayer time. What do I do? It is time for you to start asking things of the Lord. This is what I mean by that. I said earlier that when when we... get connected to the Lord, our heart begins to change and even the words that we say begin to change because our, our heart is toward God. 
So when you're learning how to pray, don't ask for stuff so much because your heart isn't toward God so much. Worry about getting to know God. But once you get this strong prayer life and you and God are connected, you can begin to ask things of the Lord because you're not asking for selfish things. You're asking that God would do this in the church, bring this people to the church, or that I can bless somebody doing this, doing this over here. Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see how you do those things first, then he gives you the desires of your heart. And why is that great? Because the desires of your heart have changed. You're no longer a selfish person who the desires of your heart is more money or whatever else. Now, all of a sudden, it's, it's what God wants. Your desires have changed. So now, those of you who are wanting to go deeper in prayer life, it's time to step out in faith and believe that God will do this in your life or this in your marriage or God's going to take you in this direction, whatever it may be. Step out and boldly say what you want God to do in your life. Psalm chapter 19, let's look at our verse, and let's look at our chapter. This is what the chapter says. Here is David, and he writes this psalm. Verse 1, he says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor there are words whose voice he cannot Uh, who is not heard. So God, David is looking up and he sees God as the creator. The skies proclaim that there is a creator. I mean, just how do we know that God exists? Look around. Things exist. So God is there. It is his handiwork. So he looks up and he sees a God that is a creator. Their voice goes out, the, the creations. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber, like a strong man runs its course with joy. God, the creator, shows himself off to everyone in creation. And everyone looks at him just as a bridegroom comes in. They look at them and they say, that is our God. It's rising from the end of the heavens and it's circuit to the end of them and there is nothing hidden from his heat. So not only is he creator, he is big and he is in everything and of everything and nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, Rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So not only does David look up and he sees a creator God, he sees a big God that is in everything, and then he sees God looking at him saying, you need a way to me, so here is the law of God, and it is pure and it is good, and it is right. And if you follow this law, you will find me. More to be desired they are than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is a great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. So David looks up, sees a creator God, a big God who has made a law that is right and true and perfect for us to find him. And not only that, it is good. It is more beautiful than gold. It is sweeter than honey. And it keeps me on the straight and narrow. 
Keep back your servant from all presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. David sees a creator, a big God in everything of everything. Gives us the law that is pure and righteousness. Keeps us on the straight and narrow. But it's good and sweeter than honey and more beautiful than gold. And it keeps us, or it makes us righteous. It makes us righteous so that I might be blameless. So he says all those 13 verses, and he's looking at this. David looks at this. In the last verse of the chapter, this is his response to seeing all this. Creator, big, righteous law, keeps me straight and narrow. He looks at God and he says this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. David's response should be our response. Everything I say, I want my heart turned toward you. When I sit down to meditate on your word, let that be pleasing in your sight. Why? Because I know who you are. You are my rock. The whole reason why I'm here, my redeemer. Church, this has to be our response to the Lord. We have to go to him in prayer. So if we can't stand this morning, we're going to do just that. We have a few minutes here. We're going to find a place to pray, and we are going to pray. Meditate on the Lord and his goodness and his righteousness. Lord, help us to do this here this morning. Help us to look to you. Help us to look to you, God. You are our rock. You are our redeemer. Let the, let the things that come out of our mouth, let the meditation of our heart turn it to you. And how else can we turn our heart to you but to spend time in prayer? Be with us here today, O oh Lord. So if you would, find a place to pray. And I just want you to spend some time with the Lord and just talk to the Lord. Ready? One, two, three, go. Find a place to pray. Find a place. Spend time with the Lord. Maybe some of you have needs. That's fine. You can bring your needs. But talk to the Lord in a way that says, God, help me to turn my heart to the Lord. I want my heart turned to you. Not to my own selfish desires or whatever. I want them turned to you. Help us, Lord. Let's take just a few minutes and we're going to pray. And then we'll sing a worship song together as David did as well. Let's spend some time in the presence of the Lord. God, we need you. God, you are more than just a part of our life. You are the reason for life. I'm sorry. Sorry when you've been treated like an add-on. You're not a side dish in our life. Help us to stay connected to you. We don't stay connected to you who knows where we're going to wander 
when we stay connected to the rock, oh God, we need you. We need you, God. We need you, God. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Lord, help, help us to, to purpose it in our heart. We're not going to outsource our walk with the Lord to someone else. Lord, it's our responsibility. We stand up and we walk with you every day. We walk with you. Help us, Lord, to stay connected to you. Help us, Lord, to stay connected to you. The giver and sustainer of life. Of life. God, we love you. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to go this week. Help us to go, to leave here. Go this week. Not just living on this moment right here, but wanting this moment every day. Wanting this moment all the time. Help us, Lord, to do it. Help us, Lord. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.